0: I'm Georgia Compulsive Overeater, and um, I'm a retread. I never used that term uh, for myself, but but that really is what I am. I came into the program in about 1984 or five, somewhere in there, and I stayed for about 12 years, and I really worked the program. I, I did the steps several times, and... I think I did a total of three, four steps, you know, in the process and I thought I had it, you know, um, my last sponsor made me give up sugar, which was really hard, but um, what it did was it solved all my craving problems. I didn't crave food anymore, you know, Um, so I, I, I really did think, you know, I graduated and Also, life got messy, and in the way, in the process, my husband left me, and um, we ended up divorced after 27 years, Um, actually 30 by the time we got divorced, and I had gone back to school because it was funny because I I realized my father-in-law had died in 1983, and suddenly I realized no matter how good of a wife I was, no matter how hard I tried, my husband would leave me, you know, either on his own volition or he would die. And I had no skills, none. All I'd ever done was be a, be a, a housewife. And I did a lot of crafts. <laughs> I did a lot. Everything in my house was covered with crafts, though. And, and so I tried to sell that. And, and I was doing that okay, and then when I went back to school, I, the idea was to go back to school and have some kind of a support system for myself to where I could support myself if something happened to my husband, and unfortunately, <clears throat> I took a drawing class, <laughs> and that did it. You know, all I wanted to do was, was uh, study art. That's all I wanted to do, and You know, you can't really make a whole lot of money doing that. You know, it's not a a viable uh, career for most people. And at the time, too, I I was shy. Actually, I don't know if I was shy. I was just so um, introverted and fearful. I was afraid of everything. I was afraid to drive the freeway. I couldn't go upstairs in the mall. I I was afraid to get a job because I figured they'd fire me on the first day because I'm so stupid. I'm inept. I can't do anything right. That's how I saw myself, you know, just a total failure as a human being. Um, You know, I I could do crafts, I could do art, and I could raise my son, but other than that, that was about it, you know. And so, as I say, I was extremely fearful. And I got into OA, and they started teaching me that it's okay to be fearful, but you go ahead and do it anyway. And um, just you know, and, and it, I I found a, a, a I'll say a smattering. Like that word smattering, (laughs) a smattering of self-esteem. I I wasn't there yet, but at least I had a little bit. And and it was enough to keep me going to school. Um, I remember driving up to the parking lot at the school and having to pray to be able to get out of the car. And I was just sure I was going to Mount Sac at the time, and I was like in my 30s. And I was just sure they were going to come over the, you know, where that quad is. There's a long sidewalk, you know, and it's wide and it's right in the middle of the campus. And I was sure somebody was going to come over the loudspeaker on that quad thing and say, you, you have to leave. You're too old and too stupid and all that, you know. And I knew they'd be talking about me. So um, I don't know, by the grit of my teeth, and, and my mom always used to say I was stubborn. And, and thank God I, I turned that into tenacity today because I would not quit. I just would not quit. I was determined. See, I, I just barely had a high school diploma and I didn't have anything else. And so I was determined that I was going to get my uh, associate of science. To me, that was a huge deal at that time. It really was. So um, anyway, after my husband left, suddenly I had to get a job. You know, I, I had no income really coming in. I was starting, well, I kind of skipped around there. I was starting to sell art. Um, I was starting to show in galleries. I was selling my art. But you know, two or three hundred dollars at a pop for a piece of art, it's not going to last for long. You know, you can't survive on a whole year on one or two paintings being sold. You you just can't. And so I knew I had to get a job and I forgot OA, that's the main thing. I forgot about OA. Now I will tell you one thing, I didn't forget what I had learned because I couldn't have gotten that job without all the things I learned in OA about doing it anyway whether I'm scared or not, doing it anyway. That became my mantra for a lot of years. And um, it helped me, I'm sorry, it helped me get through a divorce, a number of deaths in the family, um, getting, I went back to school, got my bachelor's degree and I got a job, a steady job. And then I, I, I ended up with a master's degree, and all of that I credit OA for. I really do, because I couldn't have done it otherwise. I just really couldn't have. But the one thing that I didn't do was I, did, I started compulsively overeating again, and the first step was taking that first bite of sugar. It really was. And I was off and running, and I gained all my weight back. Ooh. Originally, I had gotten down to my goal weight, in fact, I think I got even below that. Um, but <clears throat> once all that started happening, I ate my way through the divorce. I ate my way through all the all the different traumas and the fears and everything. Um, at that time, I hate to say it, but at that time, food was was useful to me. It really was because I had lost. I felt like I'd lost everything else. Everything else, mm. and. Um, and so I think I spent, gosh, it was like 20 years doing nothing but eating and, and trying to lose weight and eating and trying to lose weight. And, and by the way, I had gone on every diet you could name, you know, Jenny Craig, Schick, uh, Weight Watchers, of course, uh, the Optifast, you name it, all of it. And, and I lost weight every single time. But I could stay on point, you know, on that goal weight for about 10 minutes. And once they said, you're at goal weight, I was like, woohoo, I can celebrate, I can eat, you know, and it was back to the same old stuff. So, um, So anyway, I came back and I was so happy to walk into this room. This is the room I walked into and I forget what day of the week it was, but it doesn't really matter. And I think it was about six years ago. Um, I walked in, and the first person I saw was Stan, and I thought, oh, my God, he's still here, you know, and I was so happy to see somebody that I knew way back when, you know, because everybody else was different, of course, you know, they, a lot of people have moved away, some have died, you know, that kind of thing, and so it was, it was very reassuring to see a familiar face in here. It really was. Um, and I, at that time I was eating six big candy bars at a time, big like this, and they were expensive and I'd have to go from grocery store to grocery store. You know, I couldn't buy them all in one place because I didn't want anybody to know that's what I was doing. And I came into OA and I told everybody, you know, what I was doing and I couldn't stop. I sat in here for another probably year and a half, couldn't stop eating those things. And one night, another old timer, Daryl, who I remember from the old days, came in and and I, I was talking to him about it. And he said, just pray for the willingness. And that was the most important thing. Anybody had said to me, just pray for the willingness. So I did. I went home and I prayed for the willingness to be able to give up those candy bars. And that was that was the last night I'd had any. I didn't have any more after that. Now, I didn't give up sugar yet. I was still messing around with sugar. But I didn't eat any more chocolate and candy bars after that. So I stayed for another year or so. And then one night, Friday night, um, we had a speaker come in. And it turned out to be my old sponsor from back in the 80s. I was flabbergasted because I, I didn't know she was still around. And after she spoke, you know, of course, we did all the hugging and, oh, how are you? It's good to see you and all of that stuff. And after she spoke, um, I, I sat next to her for a minute and I said, can I come home? And she said, yes. You can, but you have to give up sugar. And <laughs> I said, oh, damn it. <laughs> you haven't changed a bit. So, anyway, um, I did. It took about a week of white knuckling it. Seriously, it was miserable, but I got through it. And I haven't, I don't think I've really eaten compulsively since then. I really don't. As you should get that sugar out of your system and it, it all, everything settles down, it just settles down. And it, it was such a, a freeing thing to have happen. Um, I've since worked the 12 steps again, found a lot more things that I needed to um, make amends for. I thought I'd done it all, you know, but, but no, I had some of it was even from way back when. And I, I did hear something at a meeting yesterday where it said, no one has permanent self-awareness. And I thought, boy, isn't that the truth? You know, I get glimmers of it. I get very self-aware of what I know, who I am and what my um, character defects are. You know, all of that stuff is laid out for me and I can see it very clearly. And really those are blessings. But then in the, in the, twinkling of an eye, it can all dissipate, you know, I I could lose it all. And so it's a constant job for me in this program to stay alert, stay with my higher power, who who I call God. um, And uh, just that awareness, you know, that that I am a compulsive eater, and I'm never going to change, you know, I may not eat compulsively today but I am a compulsive overeater. And I always, always will be. And so I have to remember that. Um, And um, it's been a blessing, you know, my life through the 12 steps has gotten better. Um, I still have some things, you know, and I think we all do. We will have these problems until we die, you know. There's always going to be something. So, you know, you can't escape from it. That's just life. And that's something I have to come to terms with. Um, This last year has been difficult because I've had a lot of people die. And um, I don't know. I've been fairly good about it until... I think last, last week I was talking to, I have a therapist and I was talking to her and all of a sudden, I you know, I'm telling her, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, blah, 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 and all of a sudden I just started crying, hadn't done that in a long time and um, apparently I needed to, you know. And it's just that that constant fear of death. I'm getting older. How long does and I don't fear it so much for myself. It's for everybody around me that I I fear it for. You know, I don't want to lose any more people. I just don't. And um, I have to come to terms with the fact that it's not up to me. This is God's plan. It's not my plan. And God's going to going to carry me through until he carries me home. That's all there is to it. And um, for anybody out there that has trouble with the God idea, I I suggest you sit down and write what you want your higher power to be. And I don't care if it's a chair or, or the church. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. And I don't think anybody else cares either. The important thing is you have something that is, is more powerful than yourself, something that you can depend on, you know, that, that wants your highest good and really loves and cares for you and has your back in all situations and forgives you for, for all the dastardly things you've ever done in your life, you know, and and face it, we all do dastardly things and we'll probably continue to do dastardly things, hopefully on a smaller scale, but, you know, that's, that's the nature of being human. So all I can tell you you know, at the end is my life is good today. It really is good. I, I, um, I'm taking guitar lessons now. You know, I used to play guitar when I was a kid and I let it go. And I am now back to taking guitar lessons. I may buy a mandolin next. I don't know, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm continuing to work on art. And so it's it's been a very rewarding time. I have more friends than I've ever had. You know, I I never used to have very maybe one friend at a time. And I wouldn't even call him a friend. I'd say one hostage at a time Uh is what I had. Um, But now I feel like I can actually be friends with somebody, you know, and and that's a blessing. It's such a blessing. Um, Gosh, I don't really know what else to say, except I hope you don't do what I do and 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 stop coming you know, keep, when they say keep coming back, they really, they really mean it and it's really important to do. Now, I, I was lucky in some respects because I did have contact with certain people outside, you know, that were in the program and talked program, but they weren't going to meetings necessarily. And I'd go to their house or something like that. So I kind of had a little tenuous, um, connection still, but, um, you know, there was a lot of years where I didn't even have that. So I would say thank you. Please don't give up. Keep coming back. Even if if you think it's, you know, you don't want to hear anything or you, you know what I like, especially when somebody that irritates you is going to be the speaker. And, and please pay attention to that, because that's happened to me another couple of times that I thought, oh, God, no, I don't want to listen to this person. And they were the people I needed to hear the most. So, you know, God's got a strange way of working in your life. And, uh, and, and it's true what they say about principles before personalities. It really is. So um, I think that's all I've got for now. And thank you for letting me be your leader. And I, I hope that helps somebody.